my name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 691. And when they're listening to this, will it be 2023? Yes. So happy new year, everybody. We are recording this on December 23rd. We just recorded podcast 690 and we thought it was going to be a two-parter, but maybe it's just two separate podcasts. Uh, But yes, happy new year. Happy new year. I feel like I should have the happy new year song. Maybe I'll play that in a little bit. We'll do it at the end. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding and always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, Kathy and I are going to share some thoughts on what we think is good, truthful, and beautiful. So uh, we already said on last week's podcast, this is what we started with. We ended up going in a different direction and talking about the eight peaceful things for from 2022. But um, we, the good, truth, and beautiful, what is... What is good? Is that is that the right language? Am I uh, using the right let's language? See. Good, true, and beautiful. Yeah. Good, true, it. and beautiful. Okay. I was saying that I heard it on a Richard Rohr podcast with Brene Brown. They were talking about that and and you know what that means in a, a religious or spiritual way. And I started looking up who where this quote come from, and a whole bunch of different people have said it. But what I just really liked is the discussion about you know, it's, it's somewhat of a subjective experience. What is good, what is true and what is beautiful and, and heading into a new year. Um, I wanted to talk about, you know, things we've experienced in 2022 that were good, true and beautiful or what we're looking forward to coming up, um, this year. So, uh, that's, that's the deal. Um, in the middle of the show, I'm going to do a promo on Team Zen. I'm okay. not going to do it now, but, uh, Team Zen 2.0, we have some significant updates, invitations, uh, for you. So, Try not to let me forget to bring that up, right, sweetie? You got it. Um, so uh, do you want to do anything to set this up? So let's just start. So uh, we'll just go back and forth. And honestly, like I did not spend a ton of time on this. I'm I'm trying to be as like present about it as I can. Sure. Like rather than going through the whole year and being like, what was good? I don't want to do that. I want to be like, what am I feeling right now? And the first thing that is good, and it's a very simple, um, surfacey thing, but it's the thing that's been good this year is a cold room and really warm blankets. Oh wow. Um it's part of mine too. Is it really? Sort of. It's uh, the way we now sleep, the yeah. environment in which we sleep. So we've made uh, the upstairs of our house where all the bedrooms are colder than the downstairs. And when Todd and I go to bed, we now have these really great blankets and they're not we've always had these blankets nothing special there's nothing special they're just like furry blankets you don't have to go buy things we're not selling you anything um but they we layered up we have the sheet and two blankets yes and we go to bed and we got a thing we got a thing for our bed Mm-hmm. A like a cushion, yeah, What's a mattress it topper, a thing. mattress topper, a foam memory mattress topper. Because JC had one, so we went and got the same one she had, and we go to bed and we're like, oh, mm-hmm. it feels so good to go to bed. I have a thing. I am uh, premenopausal. Welcome to being fifty-one, and I get really hot in the middle of the night. Like I just start, I just get, I just ask Todd. Like my legs are like burning up. Well, it's just a very, your body is a very strange thing. It is. Because certain parts <laughs> of it you. will be um, very you know, cold, normal temperature. <laughs> and then there's other times when like your feet are freezing, <laughs> but then your back will be on fire. I know. Like, I know. Bless women's bodies. I know. And I mean that in the most beautiful way, like whatever's cooking in there <laughs> or whatever's moving around, it's, it's fascinating. Well, and that's the thing is like why I say I'm perimenopausal or pre 
is that right? Premenopausal? I can't. I'm the language is is. Let's just call it premenopause. Yeah. So perimenopausal reminds me like the periodontist. Okay. So I'm I I'm going through. You know, like I think from what I've read, most women when they get to 35 or 40 start that process of like they're they're not going through menopause quite yet, but there's like a, you know, there are things that are changing. The hormones are changing. Um, you know, your body is shifting into a different gear, and um, I what that has meant for me. It it actually hasn't been that bad, but there is some temperature fluctuations. Let's just say that, that I, not during the day, I don't have hot flashes, but at night, whoa. Um, and so what's been nice is the room is really cold. So all I have to do is like stick my leg out and then I, I cool down. Whereas before I had to like, yeah, I would put on the fan and, you know, Todd would be like freezing and, you know, it was, I feel like we have a better system. Um, so I'm just going to use that as an example of what's good because it's a very, basic, soothing thing. And I think you and I have both made sleep a bigger, bigger priority. Yeah. Um, I think we understand its benefits. I know when I'm struggling or I've had a hard day or I'm emotional or grieving sleep is something that I will, I will, some people go the other way. They stay up or they, you know, watch a lot of shows or whatever. I'm like, I need to go to bed. And I understand for people who have a difficult time going to sleep. I'm not saying that I sleep perfectly through the night, but just the idea of resting and being done and having a, a boundary around I need to go to bed um, is really important. No doubt. Um, I guess I'll, what I'll add to the sleeping thing is um, we bought these pillow cubes earlier yeah, in the year. Yeah, pillow cubes. Just, Thank you, Skylar. It's some brand of, I don't know, she probably saw it on social media. I think Skylar media. saw it on social media, yeah. Um, but we all got one. And it really helps because I'm a side sleeper, mm-hmm. so it's built for side sleepers. And yep. that's and that's why I got the mattress topper thing is because I sleep on my side, my shoulder starts getting sore, and it gets less sore now because of the mattress topper. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the pillow cube has been something that's been helpful to me as well. All right. Um, so what do you have something that's good? Well, it's funny. You like, you're on the Peloton this morning, like good, true, beautiful, come up with some ideas. Uh-huh. And I came up with some, a few specific things and a few like basic General. things. Mm-hmm. And my basic things, I'll put these first two in one category. Okay. My favorite thing in the world, aside from you, my beautiful wife uh-huh. is air. Like okay. I love breathing. Okay. Like I love breathing. Okay. It's so great. Yeah. And and the reason I know that is because there's been times in 2022 where I couldn't breathe. I was mm. up on that, doing that hike and mm. I had to get some support to get down the mountain. You didn't get some support. You got helicoptered off a so mountain. So maybe I got helicoptered <laughs> off a mountain. It's no big deal. Did we tell that story I on here? I don't think so. Maybe we did. I don't know. Well, if we didn't, the short version of it is we went to California. We went on a hike and it was quite hot. Um, and I came down, I went up and then I decided to come down and read my book and the girls and Todd ventured up. And then all of a sudden I had like paramedics coming to get me and they were like, your husband is up at the top of that mountain and he can't come down. And then he had to be helicoptered down. Yeah. It's kind of a longer story, <laughs> but basically I got dehydrated or I was dehydrated and I, uh, I had some heat exhaustion. Yeah. So I couldn't catch my breath and I started seeing stars where there were no stars and these wonderful women from Canada who were probably a little bit overly cautious. Mm-hmm. Because the women were a little bit older and they're like, oh, my husband had a heart attack hiking. So we're not, I said, let me just walk down. And and they're like, nope, sorry, we already called the paramedics. My like, oh, Well, And what makes you think that you wouldn't be one of those people? I don't. And that's why I accepted the help. Good. Because I, the reason I'm saying that is because I think 
and, and again, I, I think that all genders can do this. This is not just a masculine thing, but this idea where you're like, well, they were worried because their husband had a heart attack. Why is their husband any different than right. you? Yeah. Like, I think sometimes we look around and we're like, that would never happen to me. Well, and just to be fair, I did, uh, I, 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 I don't know if I passed out or completely lost consciousness, but there were, there were minutes that I lost. Yeah, you like blacked out a little. I blacked out a bit. Um, so... And the thing that they were worried about is you were fine. Mm-hmm. Like you called me when the paramedic... Yeah, and you I said, I'm up here and I'm okay, which was helpful to me because obviously I was freaking out. But the thing that was important is they were like, you could have the same experience walking down and then fall. Right, because it's... Because it was a very narrow... It was not an easy... Hike. I would say, you know, there's some things that could go wrong on that hike. It wasn't the most demanding, but it wasn't like a paved path no, at no. all. Um, and then I just said to the paramedics, my guys, can I just walk down? They're like, well, let's check your vitals and then we'll tell you if you can walk down or not. And they checked my vitals. They're like, sorry, dude. Yeah, you can't. We can't let you walk down. I'm like, well, how am I going to get down? They're like, we got to airlift you in. I'm like, and oh dude, a helicopter came in. He went flying in the air. We got video. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, then I'll add video to this show notes so you could see me. Add video. And then the interesting thing was, um, you know, our friend Sean lives there. We were actually staying at his place and they got like a, a notification because <laughs> they, they weren't there. They were in Illinois that somebody had been helicoptered yes. off the mountain and it was Todd. And I was telling Sean the story and then Sean's wife, Lisa, is like, that was Todd. <laughs> Because she read the article, but they didn't have my name. And let me be clear. there It was fine, but it was scary. Like, it's scary. Like, that feeling of someone coming and getting you and saying your husband is, like, passed out. I mean, it's like your whole life passes before your eyes. Like, I've had a few of those things this yeah. year where you get this call and you're like, what? Um, and, you know, but he was fine. He came down. We went to eat. Like, it was kind of a no, nothing burger. So a few of the things. Did you say a nothing burger? <laughs> yeah. What the hell is a nothing burger? <laughs> I could not skip over that. I don't know why I said yeah, that. That's a nothing burger. I feel like in the Have politi- you ever said nothing burger in your life? No, but let me explain why I said it. In the political realm, that's used a lot when you're reading things oh, really? in journal. Never they'll, heard of it. The, when people are talking about something that is brought up in committee or whatever, people say it's a nothing burger. Oh, I did not know that that was a thing. <laughs> um, and it's funny. I'll try to... So my the other thing that was good for yeah. 2022, and this is also a scary one, okay. but a good one, um, a few weeks ago a platform opened up that's free to anybody and the link is chat.openai.com okay and it's an artificial intelligence and you can type in and i I listened to a podcast about it so right now when we want to become knowledgeable about something we google it right yeah and what google does is it scans all the websites out there and then gives you your best guess on what website is going to help you Mm -hmm. this platform takes it a step further and just asks you a question or it just, it answers the question as if um, it's it's having a conversation with you that knows everything that's going on. Yeah. So for an example, I ended up to prepare for this um, podcast, like you can, you can literally ask it to do anything and it gives you surprisingly good responses. Mm-hmm. Like you could say, um, write me a poem about Zen Parenting Radio where we care for ourselves and our children in an unpredictable world in Shakespearean dialect. And it will do that very mm, quickly. Yeah. Um, I put in there this morning, can you give me a list of things that are good? And the artificial intelligence gave me 10 things that are good. I'm not going to read them all, but it's good health, good relationships, good work. It just kind of got my mind thinking. Or you could be, give me two paragraphs on why men living is important for guys. And it just weirdly creates an answer in a really 
impactful way. It thinks. It thinks. And it like, it not it's only creepy. thinks, but it understands marketing. Yes. Like it understands how to get people's attention. So it's like a, um, it's like AI, not just for the information, but for the sellability. Is that mm, a word yeah. for the connection for, it's just got a lot of, uh, I don't know if I want to use the word wisdom with AI, but it's got it's got a lot of insight. It's a little creepy. So it's been helpful to me as I'm trying to get through my day. I'm like, yeah, I don't really know how to say this or do this. Uh, I just put it in there. So anyways, okay. do you have another good one for you? Yeah, one more good one um, I'll say is that I've been, but I want to talk about this in terms of what I find to be good because this can go off the rails like anything. I find it, it's good that people have an understanding of... Um, language that so we can communicate about things we couldn't communicate about before like the word of the year of 2022 was gaslight hmm. which um i think is helpful in our ability to communicate about what it means when people are telling you things that aren't true and making you feel like you're the crazy one the only problem is when we don't have a full understanding i think something that we talked about last week is how things are cycles and that we sometimes there's this there's this um it's really not called this I'm pulling from the office the I want to say it's the Dunder Mifflin effect but that's not it because that was in the show the office mm -hmm. it's this thing that where we think if we know a little bit about something yeah. that we know everything yeah and as soon as we actually know a lot about something we realize how little we actually know right does that make sense For it's sure. like a paradoxical thing someone will read an article about gaslighting and then they'll start using the word everywhere. Mm -hmm. And someone who really, you know, therapists or people who, you know, work with narcissists or with cult awareness or whatever, really have an understanding of what that means and how that shows up and what that looks like and feels like and all the different, you know, contours of it. And still they know there's more to learn. And so I think that I think it's good that we have language like this year, I there was a lot about enmeshment. There was a lot about codependency. There was a lot about gaslighting, a lot about, again, the golden age of cults, you know, like where we're talking about things we didn't talk about before, abuse, you know, all these things. But then they can also be turned around on people, you know, like we had all this language about you know, what, what love bombing and grooming meant. But then people started saying like librarians who were putting books in the library for kids that maybe had themes of, you know, maybe more adult themes or themes about sexuality or gender, then they were grooming kids. And that's, that's not correct. You are not, people are missing the mark on, on, they're using uh, language to, to, in a manipulative way or someone like I found this with my college students, if someone disagreed with them, they would say this person's gaslighting me. That's not what gaslighting is. People can disagree with you. It's okay. People can have their own opinions and they're not gaslighting you. Gaslighting you is when they turned off the light right in front of you. Then you say, why'd you turn off the light? And they say, I didn't turn off the light, but you just saw them do it. So what they're trying to do is make you think you're crazy. It's not about opinion. Do you want to know what my artificial intelligence platform, uh, it gives me three paragraphs on gaslighting. I'm not going to read them all, but I'll okay. read the first one. I just asked it, what does gaslighting mean? It's a form of psychological manipulation in which a person or group seeks to sow seeds of doubt in a targeted individual group, making them question their own memory perception or judgment. It's often done in an insidious and subtle manner, making it difficult for the victim to de detect and to confront the manipulator. So basically someone will do something and they'll say, and you'll see it and you'll say, 
and they'll say, no, you didn't see me do it, Mm -hmm. even though you just saw them do it. Or someone will say something in a speech or Mm -hmm. a parent will say something to their kid. And then the kid or the person listening to the speech will say, why'd you say that? And they'll say, I didn't say that. And you have proof they said it, but they'll deny it. And that's, that's the kind of, you know, again, those are pieces, but again, there's so much more to it. So I know I'm kind of like bordering on good and not good, but I think it's good when we bring these things out, this language, so people have an easier time understanding what's happening to them, what they've seen happen in the media, um, what leaders can do, um, what uh, what can happen in abusive relationships, and also the healing aspects of it, like how we then heal from these things. We have to have, you know... Brene Brown came out with Atlas of the Heart last year, I think. I think it came out in 2022. Maybe it was 2021. But one of the things she talked about in her book, Atlas of the Heart, was when we're talking about emotions, the only way to understand how to deal with emotions is to first understand the emotion or to first have a word for explaining how we feel. You know, so many people only, like if we say, what are the feelings you have? They'll be like, sad, happy, mad. And There's hundreds and hundreds of feelings and experiences. And if we can only label sad, happy, mad, then you can understand why we get lost, why we're like, what is this I'm feeling and what is this I'm experiencing? So we need language. So I'm going to still call it a good thing. Um, did you, were you able to find what that thing is where when we know a little bit about something, we think we know everything about it? I don't know. Oh, you didn't try and look it up? I don't even know how to... Okay, while what you're doing your next one, yeah. I will see if I can find it because well, I called it the Dunder Mifflin. Why effect. don't you look through that? Because I, you know, I'm going to be annoying here. Just so let me just prep everybody for that. Okay. I just told this artificial intelligence platform to write a poem on gaslighting. Okay. Gaslighting. And there's five stanzas. I'm not going to read them all, but I'll gaslighting. Oh, how sly. It's like a poison. Oh, so nigh. At first, you're not sure what to think, but soon you see the lies start to sink. Mm. They deny, they twist, they deceive making you question what you believe, then manipulate facts they rearrange, leaving you feeling lost and deranged. Mm-hmm. Perfect. It's just so crazy. I know that, that AI this does computer that. computer yeah. can do that. So, you know, something that's important to talk about when we use the word good, and yeah. I think we're finding this with both of our experiences, yeah. um, is that everything is paradoxical. Mm. Everything, there is light and dark with all things. And something that we call good Mm. that has been helpful, like you were just able to share that, you know, lovely poem. So people are like, okay, that's what gaslighting is. You can also see how that can go awry. Mm. And the thing that I'm talking about is it's so good to have language, but then sometimes people use it to inappropriately. Like the the fact that clinical language has become mainstream Mm -hmm. where people say things like, oh, that person's bipolar or that person is, they're a narcissist or that. And again, some of that could be true, but it's also clinical language that people don't understand exactly what they're saying. They're just starting to use it in a more flippant way. And we have to be really um, thoughtful about being grateful for more language to explain our lives and also to recognize that we may need more information before we start throwing around big words. Sure. You know, like that's why right now I know I don't have the right words and I'm very clear about it. Would, okay. I don't know if we want to like workshop this in real time on the podcast, but what, like you mean like an imposter, like somebody who's pretending to be somebody they're not? No, I, I do you mean about what I was yeah, just saying? Yeah. No, I just think that sometimes people will say things like, 
um, they, you know, that person made me feel, you know, that person thinks about themselves all the time. They're a total narcissist. Mm -hmm. That's not what a narcissist is. So I was actually going back to where you're like, when somebody pretends to be an expert on something. Yeah. It's not imposter. You got to give me a second to look it up because I can't come. It's not in my head. Where's my Jeopardy song? Um, I need a do, 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 do. Well, in the meantime, while you're looking at it. Well, you could look it up in your AI. What should I say? What should I tell it? When someone knows a little. What is it called? When someone someone knows a little. Knows a little. But thinks they're an expert. But thinks they're an expert. And put put in um, it like the word effect. E-F-F-E-C-T. Because it's something like the dunta-dunta effect. Yeah, this is, maybe this is a shortcoming. The phenomenon. So what I said, I didn't put effect in. I put what is what is it called when someone knows a little but thinks they're an expert? This phenomenon is often refer, referred to as overconfidence or overclaiming. Mm. It occurs when an individual has limited amount of knowledge or expertise in a particular area, but nonetheless believes they are an expert. I don't see anything about effect. Okay. So, all right. Okay, we'll figure it out. Um, okay. So I guess that's one of the shortcomings of the artificial intelligence. Well, platform. and maybe it's a shortcoming of the words we're using. No way, man! It's not. <laughs> it can't be us. It's got to be the computer. Um, so let's move over to what is true. Okay, you go first. Um, the first thing I wrote is I love sweetie. Oh, I love you too. I then wrote I love my three daughters. Me too. I love my family, my my siblings, and my in laws, and all that. All things that are true. I know that. To be true. Having said that, there's times when I probably go ahead. You're about to say something so sweet, and I'm like, a, I'm, all right, jump in. The Dunning Kruger effect. Oh my gosh. So David Dunning and Justin Kruger. The Dunning Kruger effect is a type of cognitive bias that causes people to overestimate their knowledge or ability, particularly in areas with which they have little to no experience. Yeah. That's what the platform says. Yes. It's a cognitive bias in which individuals with low ability at a task overestimate their ability. I do that a lot. So like an amateur chess player overestimates their performance in a chess tournament mm-hmm. compared to their, you know. Got it. And we were actually, we were just talking about this in the car because we were talking about how some people will watch, like, for example, with drumming. Okay. So I used to watch drummers mm-hmm. and be like... Oh, that's easy. They just hit this drum and then hit this drum. Right. And now I know that there's something to everything yeah. with drumming. What your feet are doing. I, and I'll always say to the girls, look at their feet. Look at their feet. Because their feet are doing, both feet, right and left, are doing a different beat. Mm-hmm. Plus, both hands are doing something different. Plus, you have to move. So someone will say, well, I could play drums easy. Give it a try. Yeah. Like, it good is luck. a whole process of people do it for a lifetime and still have so much to learn. Sure. So it's the same thing like with a dance move. We'll watch someone dance mm-hmm. or sing and say, oh, I could do that. Yeah. I could do that dance move. And then you can't. No. Like it's you then turn it off and give it a try. Or, you know, I can build a house if sure. I just watch a YouTube video. Right. No, you can't. Well, I used to say the same thing about cooking. I'm like, I could follow a recipe. Right, right. I know for a fact that right. I am a well below average cook and I can't do what good cooks can do. Yeah. I'm like, all you gotta do is follow the directions. Like, yeah, try. Right. Try to follow directions. Right. And even when you follow directions, like I made macaroni and cheese last night for it was everybody. Off the hook, well, sweetie. it was okay. Sweetie. It was my first attempt. It was pretty good. I just First of would... all, you should probably qualify because you're like, it's my first attempt at making macaroni oh, and no, cheese. Oh no, no. I made like <laughs> from scratch macaroni and cheese. Like yeah. I, you know, made the cheese sauce and did all you know, I did it and baked it. <laughs> I've had plenty of craft macaroni and cheese in my day. But I made it from scratch and it, you just 
learn as you go, right? Like this is, it was pretty good, Mm -hmm. but I also know that there's things I wouldn't be like, but I noticed from the recipe and I, this, I made chili too. And I know, cause I've been doing this chili recipe forever. They say to do certain things that if I actually did that, I know it would end up poorly. And that could be because of the type of produce I'm using. Like there's all these reasons, but you learn through experience, you learn through. And so the Dunn-Kruger is this idea that we read in our, you know, we have such access to the, you know, interwebs now that we think we're an expert on everything. So let me just um, quickly uh, put on my judgmental hat. Okay, go ahead. Good old Dunning-Kruger effect. Uh You know... First of all, they called it by their names. Okay. Second of all, how's it different from what the platform told me it was, which is overconfidence? Like, it just seems like, hey, I got this great, uh, I, I had a scientific discovery, and it's called the Todd Adams effect, and it means <laughs> whatever, how to be a personal human being. Well, I think they're describing it more as a cognitive bias. Mm. Like it's a belief system that a lot of human beings have that we, they will not believe you. They will think, I mean, how many people do you see, for those of you who are on Twitter, who our government will do something or, or, you know, we'll talk about the war in Ukraine and we'll be like, what we need to do is send that. I'm like, you don't know anything about this. You have no experience with this. You are not a government official. You are not a leader of an army. You are not Zelensky. Yeah, you've never been there. You've never done that. You have no idea what people are going through. So to be like, here's what we need to do. I'm like, who are you? And the thing is, is it's one thing to say, I wish that we could look into this or investigate this, but people who are so certain, it's such a turnoff and you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, certainty is a... um, it's a tough is value is certainty a value? I don't know what certainty is. It's a belief system. Anybody that's certain about anything, even though I did say what I know to be true is I love you, I love our daughters, I love my family, like I'm pretty certain about that. So it just depends on what we're certain about. Well, and I guess it's like you're right, because like all words, again, they're so malleable. Because yeah. you know, it just depends how you do it. But because one person's definition of love can be different than another. But I could also come up with plenty of examples of how I'm unloving loving. towards my exactly. my daughter, my wife, my my siblings. And right. All that, so. And they're just moment to moment things, but there we could be like, no, sure. this is wrong. And I think that's the thing we need to understand is that there is no such thing as certainty. Again, going back to the the book I wrote. The Zen Parenting book is basically all about that idea of getting comfortable with uncertainty and unpredictability and paradox, because that is the truth. Those things are truth. Everything's paradoxical, everything's uncertain, and everything's unpredictable. That is life. Mm -hmm. And our ability to get more comfortable with that allows us to have more stability. That's the irony, or that's the paradox. Do you see what I mean? It keeps going. More stability comes from your ability to manage uncertainty. Mm -hmm. So. Do you want me to go with another truthful statement or do you want to go? I'll go with one. Go um, and it's going to be about a word. Um, I think, and this is, it's a weird one for truth because I also uh, know my love for you and my love for my family and my kids and my love for our work. And, you know, those are things I know that they're my truth because that's what we always are attempting to do is to live our truth. Like I love the the vast majority of things I do during the day and, you know, in a year are things I love to do. Sure. There are some, certain things I don't want to do. I did, you know, unload the dishwasher this morning. I don't love that. But I, I understand the bigger purpose behind it. So truth for me is love. Mm. But I also, a truth that I have pulled out of this year is about the word um, codependency. Um, 
I have decided that that word, it, the truth about it is we are all codependent. Mm. And I want to I want to extend that so people understand what I mean because I know it can be a problem, and I I have struggled with it sure. and I've really investigated it for the last year. You know, those of you who listen to the show, you've heard me probably bring it up because I'm dealing with it in therapy. But the truth is, is you will always be affected by the people in your life that you love. And I think it's when it goes off the rails that it becomes a problem. Like people will be like, you know, it's another word that we're using too flippantly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, I cared about what everybody thought in the room. I'm just being way too codependent. I'm like, well, wait a second. Is that a problem? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, one of my daughters is, we've you know talked about it before. She can be a little louder in the morning and at night, closing doors, opening doors, going in and out. She walks heavier and it is okay for her to recognize how that affects people. Mm. And it's not being, and again, I know I'm playing with words here, but that's not codependent. I think I might be able to help. Okay. <clears throat> I remember. Did you look it up in AI? I did. Um, <laughs> I, um, in Covey's book, uh-huh. Seven Habits, uh-huh. I think he talks about dependence, independence, inter- interdependence. That's the best word. So I asked the platform what the difference is between yeah. those two ways, uh, those two words, codependence and interdependence. Codependence, and there are two different ways of relating to others in relationships. Okay. Codependent is characterized by an ex- excessive reliance and need for another person, often to point to the point of sacrificing one's own needs and desires. In codependent relationships, there's often an imbalance of power. Okay, so that makes it different. With one person Mm -hmm. being overly controlling or enabling and the other being passively or submissive. Codependency can be harmful to both parties as it can lead to feelings of resentment and prevent individuals from developing a sense of self-worth and acceptance. And lots of enabling, allowing somebody to, if you are in a codependent relationship and you are enabling certain behaviors, that person can then get worse. Sure. Yes. Interdependence, on the other hand, is characterized by a healthy and balanced reliance on others in relationships. Yes. In interdependent relationships, individuals are able to maintain their own sense of self-worth and independence while also being supportive and connected to others. Interdependence involves a mutual respect for and support of one another's autonomy and needs, and it can foster a sense of connection and mutual growth. Okay, so then in real time, I would like to, with great humility, I would like to say I I scratch what I just said, and I will use the word interdependence mm. because I have been playing with the word codependency all year because I think I've been very, you know, last week we talked about lack of self-compassion. I've been very hard on myself. And especially as a parent, I think it can go into a codependent route sometimes where you do sacrifice yourself more. I mean, when your baby is little, you're absolutely sacrificing yourself more. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like it is out of balance. Yeah. The power is... is, but. I, what I'll say is I would much prefer to say that the truth lies in the interdependence. So I will scratch what I originally said. Well, I guess just to generally speaking, like the idea that we're all siloed, like we are all interconnected. Totally, totally. What you say, whether or not it's right or wrong, influences me. Of course. What I say influences you. Um, and it kind of goes on and on. So. And our idea that we're like, I should be able to say whatever I want and free speech and, and you shouldn't be affected by this and I didn't mean to and it's your problem. Like that is a lack of understanding interdependence. That's a lack of understanding how our words and language and beliefs and um, uh, you know, choices affect other people. Sure. And I, and I, it can go extreme the other way where we're silent and we don't, we're conflict averse and we don't speak up. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about 
having understanding and relatability and empathy for other people. So we walk through the world with an understanding that we're not the only ones. When we're, we're driving down the road and we're in a hurry, other people's cars are not in our way. Mm-hmm. Like they are getting somewhere too. Like you are not the only one. Well, and I want to call myself out here for a second because okay. you have shared on this podcast this year of that of your your process of understanding codependence mm-hmm. with our kids or whoever else it is. Mm-hmm. And I just I could it'd be easy for me to say, yeah, you just need to be more um, objective, or you need to be let them do their thing. Where I'm calling myself out is sometimes I'm too walled off. I'll say, and that's mm-hmm. a term I got from. Um, one of my favorite therapists out of the, uh, Terry Real. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he came up with it, but the idea of, yeah, I'm just not going to let anybody in and I'm not going to let, and I'm not going to share any of myself with anybody else. So mm-hmm. I feel like there's this spectrum between codependence on one end and it's all codependence on one end and being walled off mm-hmm. or having so many boundaries on the other end. The extremes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's the idea of finding that balance in between those two ideas. And you know, th- something I was thinking about in the shower today, I'm so glad you brought this up because often we often talk about the pendulum, how it swings from one end to the other. And I realized that I don't like the pendulum. I like the idea of the cycle. Mm. of like sometimes we have to completely get away from something to realize how true it is mm. and then to come back to it in a healthier way. Like I, I feel like the pendulum represents duality. Mm-hmm. You're either here or you're there. And obviously there are places in the middle and we always talk about that gray. But when I think about that pendulum, I'm like, I feel like it's a little more, remember that ride, the power, it was called power dive at Great America. Mm. It would go back and forth and then go all the way all around. The way over. Yeah, yeah. And I felt, and, and again, I'm not, I didn't like that ride that much, so I'm not relating it to it necessarily. But it's that visual that sometimes things go in full cycles, Circles, yeah. and that you see all these different aspects of, you know, just like I, I was saying last week on the show about like I used to when I was young, positive affirmations were so important to me, and I would just share them and throw them out there and put them on you know my hand and my notebooks, and it was just you know I had books and books and books of positive quotes and very Louise Hay, you can heal your life kind of stuff and. That was, and I, and I had to go through a lot of iterations of understanding through cycles of positive informations, helping me, hurting me, causing shame, causing empowerment, lots of different cycles. So I can end up in a place where I feel comfortable with what positive affirmation feels to me. Truth. And if I, and again, this goes back to the Dunning-Kruger effect. Someone who has never experienced, you know, living with positive affirmations will say they're dumb, they're bad, or they're the best, you should use them. And they don't have any experience with them. Yeah. How do they actually, what do, what do they do for you? Do they help you? Do they hurt you? And you have to, you have to work with them a little bit to come to a, a good resting place, like a whole understanding, W-H-O-L-E. Um, so before we move on to the third category, which uh-huh. is beautiful, beautiful, I do want to just remind everybody about Team Zen, 25 bucks a month, Team Zen 2.0. We have an app. You can put it on your phone. Uh, we have all these wonderful features uh, for the new Team Zen app. Sweetie, will you name a few? So we have our team, uh, we have Zen Talks, which is Todd and I talking with the whole team and answering questions, support resources, call. support call. Then we also have Team Zen Presents. We have a, an author, a thought leader who comes and joins us, and you can ask that person questions. So we introduce you to a lot of new people and their work. Um, then we also have 
um, all these micro communities, which they're just smaller groups of people who talk about like raising boys or people who talk about, um, you know, having a person in your family who deals with addiction and how to deal with that. And so these are like smaller groups of people. Then we have this whole community online where we you know, talk to each other on this app that we have and we can ask questions, resources. Todd and I are going to do all sorts of extra podcasts that are going to only be offered on Team Zen. And talking we haven't about, even, I'm sorry, talking about, go ahead. Talking about specific um, things that, that all of you are interested in. Um, and we're going to, so they're all going to be in this same place. And so you have access to everything in one place. Speaking of everything being in the same place, all your Zen Parenting moments are going to be yeah. on there. And all of our pop culturing podcasts. And then you're also going to offer a women-only group. Yeah. So I'm not invited. No. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Um, and then while supplies last, I'm going to send any new Team Zen members who sign up uh, an I Listen t-shirt. It says I Listen on the front, Zen Parenting Radio on the back and many other things. So we hope you choose to do it. Just scroll down and click on Team Zem. Um, all right. So with the remaining time we have, let's talk about things that we think are beautiful. Do you want me to go first? Sure. Um, in no particular order, I've been feeding squirrels oh. and birds. That was one of mine too. Sweetie, I stole your thunder. Our um, blank- we're ending with our blankets and our birds. I bought uh, some squirrel feed and some bird feed, and I just like sprinkling it on our front porch. And I'll just sit there and drink my tea and watch these things eat the eat. food. And talk about old, my God, oh, how yeah. did I get here? And I'm so proud to be here. Like, if my 30 year old self would witness my 50 year old self drinking tea, watching squirrels and birds, they'd be like, You are, dude, boring. go get a life. <laughs> Go get a life, really. And now I'm like so proud that this brings me joy. And then we're like, is that a junko? <laughs> junko. <laughs> we always laugh about that name of a bird. Is oh that a junko God. in there? Or is that a woodpecker? Because they have some similarities. They do. Um, but yes, I agree with that. That was one of my beautiful things. And and it's, you know, again, it's you have to extend the metaphor. Like it's just about looking outside and noticing the tree and the snow and the birds and the squirrels and the rabbits. Like it's it's about I think getting older, one of the best parts is the the noticing what you've missed all along. Yeah. It's not new. It's not like squirrels just came to be. Um, We were probably dodging them with our cars when we were 16. Like, get out of the way. And I remember in the city, everyone would call like squirrels, like the pigeons of Chicago. And they're so dirty or they're like rats or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, they're so awesome. And, um, you know, and it's funny when Todd and I, I forgot where we were, maybe in Santa Fe or in Arizona. I remember there was a squirrel. And there was a bunch of tourists taking pictures of the squirrel. Yeah, right. And we're like, why are they taking pictures of squirrels? And then you realize not everybody has squirrels right. around. Like, mm-hmm. it's not as common as we think it is. Right. <laughs> um, we were like, why are they taking pictures? Um, <laughs> am I missing something? Am I, yeah, we're like, those like live everywhere around us. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's the same as people who, who travel to the Midwest to see snow or people who don't have a fall like mm-hmm. we do, like we to go see leaves. Like... Oh my gosh, I remember my parents would always be like, we got to go see the leaves. I'm like, why? And now I'm like, we must go see the leaves because they're beautiful. And this is, so I'm going to go back to last week. I was talking a little bit about Richard Rohr's work because I've been listening and reading him again. And he, he does, he has this activity that he does with people in his groups where 
they'll go on like a walking retreat and he'll say, find a line somewhere. Either it's literally a line that's like in a parking lot or you see a line of leaves or you see a fence. And he's like, the practice is when you step over that line, I want you to recognize the mystical experience you're having. I mm. want you to be in a place of awe mm. and to look around and see things completely different. different. This line is you crossing into a new oh, reality, right? Yeah. And so I obviously, I was, I was, it was on my earphones as I was listening. So I did it and I'm like, everything is cool. Yeah. Like, that's cool. This, those people over there are cool. And I'm using the word cool because it makes you smile. Like everything is amazing. Mm -hmm. And this goes into my last one is that I, as I shared last week, it's been a rough couple months for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, some, you know, my, my mom is, uh, you know, I don't even know how to say it. Like she's, just she's in hospice care now. Yeah. And um and I have had some things with my own health that I had to deal with and or and continuing to. And you these things that you think, okay, how if I like if someone would have told me like three or four months ago, Todd and I play this game all the time. If someone would have told me three or four months ago I'd be dealing with these things, I'd say, I just can't. Yeah, can't handle it. Can't no way. Handle it's it. too much. And then when you're forced to, the first cycle that I go through is the sadness, scared, denial, terror. I have a whole system that Todd's aware of, my therapist is aware of. I'm planning on writing about it someday because it's so clear to me. I can see what's happening, even though it's still scary. I'm not trying you, to make light of it. Can you see what's happening while it's happening or no? Yes. Okay. But that doesn't mean I don't feel it. Right. I can see it. I can... I will say to you, I'm in terror right now, mm -hmm. but it doesn't dissipate the terror. Right. It's kind of like saying to someone, I'm in pain. Yeah. Your pain doesn't go away when you say I'm in pain. You're just aware of it. But don't you think the pain and the terror has less of a grip on you if you're noticing it versus simply experiencing it? Well, there's a few things. I can ask for help. Yeah. And I can also um, uh, recognize I have a little sliver between terror and reality. Yeah. So I'm not completely, a lot of people, if you don't know, then you'll think this is the reality of the world sure. versus I'm having an experience. What I find is that, you know, it's like stages of grief, right? Where you, and again, I'm not going to label them all because it's not like I went through every single stage of grief quickly. It's that the language that is used um, in Ken Wilber's work, he's a religion um, philosopher, um, writes books with a lot of pages and a lot of words on each page. <laughs> you know, oh my God, his work is so dense, but so amazing. And he talks about um, in every experience that we have that's difficult, we transcend and integrate, transcend and integrate. And what that means is you get new information that's difficult and you have to process it first. You have to find a place for it. I always um, envision it like we, you know, how do I say this? Like we, when we get bad news or scary news or sad news, our body doesn't have any place to put it yet. So it's like overwhelming. And we're like, I, I don't even know what this is. And I don't want to look at this and it's terrifying and it's changing the dynamics of my life. And, and this shouldn't be me. And, and we just do this whole game. And then once we sit with it and talk about it and ask for help with it and journal about it, if we are wise enough to do that, we transcend and integrate it, where we then make it a part of our experience, where the pain is still there, the grief is still there, it's still difficult, but we can continue. And we can like, 
I feel like that's what we do ongoing all the time. Like we, you know, it's like our children growing up, you know, one day they were two years old and now they're 10 and you have to transcend and integrate that. They can't be two anymore. Sure. You have to continue to move on, but it doesn't mean you have to let go of them at two. It doesn't mean you have to get over it. And I'm putting that in air quotes. It means you find a place to put it. Um, and you don't deny it and you don't repress it. You just find a place where it can rest comfortably and you allow it, you know, and this is gets into a little bit of shadow work. You allow it to have its place mm. and, um, and it becomes a part of you. And, and then you become a deeper, more whole understanding person. Like I, I was just reading a quote. Um, I read a quote to you the other day about, um, you know, people who have never had things happen to them, like traumas or, or difficult experiences or pain, they're not very interesting people right. because they haven't seen all the sides of life. Sure. Because once you see all the sides of life, mortality and, and pain and struggle and loss, your perspective in the whole is so much more empathetic and loving and you watch squirrels. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Because you're like, that's just as important as as me you know like i i don't have the same needs you know like the the example that we used to a couple weeks ago we were talking about when people tell us to like you should do more you should do a tv show or you should be this i'm like there's nothing there there like i i want to work and i have ambition and i want to do things i love to do and be creative but this idea of success that we have that there's happiness out there there isn't i mean there is but not in the way we think but sometimes people have to figure that out by going through that process. Again, cycles. Mm -hmm. And then they come back and go, wow, really? I'm most happy watching squirrels. Mm. You know, I thought it would be the millions of dollars. I thought it would be the mansion. I thought it'd be the jet. I thought it'd be the fame. Sure. But it's actually the Junkos. Yeah. <laughs> like That's what we'll name this podcast. <laughs> it's actually the Junkos. Um, so anyway, so that to me is what's beautiful. Is I don't even know which part of that. It's all beautiful. Um, so I'm just gonna name a few of my things. Okay. Other than you, my darling, are beautiful, Thank you. and my kids. And I talked about the birds and birds and the squirrels. Um, my daughter's photography. Is yes, beautiful. so beautiful. Uh, I also wrote down two random things that I think are beautiful: random acts, observing random acts of kindness, and then also anonymous giving, which yes. is by far my favorite trait. In human behavior, mm -hmm. anonymous giving, like, does it get any better than that? Well, and can I like make anonymous giving more like bigger is sometimes I think you're like someone who donates a million dollars and then doesn't say it's from them. I also, I also think it's putting a tip on something or putting it in a jar and they don't see you do it. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. A lot for of times sure. we'll be like, wait, I put a dollar in here because yeah. we need the feedback. Right. And just for, if you're going to either put a dollar in or not put a dollar in and the only way you're going to put a dollar in the tip jar is if they, is see, if they see it go ahead and put it in and, and then let your ego have its day yeah it's better than not putting it's it better in. than yeah. not putting it in and it's even better when you just even better if yeah you just do that and yeah. not want anything back because the the giving is actually the uh piece that should fill me up well, not the response. And you're using the word should, which yeah. right there tells you you're struggling with right. that because there, or that's not the right way to say it. It right there tells you that it's, you're trying to create something versus what it like, 
you know, if you're walking along and you see a piece of garbage and you see that it came out of a garbage can that, you know, it just blew away, you know, it's it's in our best interest or it's good to pick it up and just put it in sure. that garbage. Or if you see a cart that is kind of like rolling away because of the wind at your local grocery store, it's a good thing to put it back so yeah. it doesn't hit anyone's car. You may say, well, it's not going to hit my car, but it could hit another car. That's the interdependence so, we talked about. Yes, like the anonymous... And you don't then go tell everybody I did these 10 anonymous things. They just become part of the way you live. And I think when we witness that through, like there's a lot of TikToks and YouTube videos about people who, you know, this one guy, he will come up to this people like in Walmart or whatever and say, I really want to buy this and I just need an extra couple dollars. And these people, it's, it's pretty clear they don't have a lot of money. But they'll say, okay, I'll give this to you because I know you need to do this. And then that person will then give them a thousand dollars because they were so kind, yeah. you know? And there's a lot of that. And and that's not why we do it to get a thousand dollars. But there's some people who just are that it becomes just part of what we do. Well, and I'm gonna include in the notes, we've shared this at our Zen Parenting Conference. It's a Thai life insurance commercial. Oh, yeah, it's my fave. And I'm not gonna try to describe it, but if you're interested in feeling some feelings and being inspired, just click on the unsung hero uh, hyperlink in the notes and you will know what I mean by anonymous giving. Well, and just to, so people feel interested to go see it, I won't tell all the parts, but it's just a man who walks through his day Mm -hmm. and just helps people and gives to people in the smallest ways, like moves a plant so it gets water because it's missing the water or, you know, helps a woman push a cart really quick or, you know, gives a banana to his neighbor. Like it's not putting him out. Like I think sometimes we're like, if I'm going to help, that means I'm going to really have to sacrifice a lot. It's just a change in perspective. It's like, you know, I just feel like there's really simple things we can do that don't really take any more energy. Truth. It's just how we look at the world. So that is beautiful, Todd. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Anything else before we close shop? Well, just um, welcome to 2023, everybody. Um, we're so glad to be here with you again. This is, um, we just finished 12 years. We're going on our 13th year. Big one, three. Of Zen Parenting. Um, and we are just so happy to continue to have these conversations, especially as we you know, have now teenagers and we are getting older. And I just think there's, it. it's not that we never run out of things to say. It's that life never ceases to be, int- it's always interesting. There's always something new to learn and you think you've got something and then it comes back a different way and that's okay. And that's how it's supposed to be. Um, and so, you know, we're just all on this journey together. Um, and we're just really appreciate, you know, sometimes we get emails or people write and in, you know, under social media, they'll say, you know, I've been listening to you since the beginning or for the last five years, or I left for a few years and now I'm back. And it's like, yay to all of the above. Truth. Like, thank you. And I want to say thank you to our partner who's been with us on day one, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. He since does, day one. Since day one. Uh, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area, 630-956-1800. His website is avidco.net. Uh, Kathy's got an amazing book called Zen Parenting, Caring for Ourselves and Our Children in an Unpredictable World. We talked about Team Zen. I do. I coach guys one-on-one. I have uh, Men Living. It's a men's group that I'm the executive director of. Um, just a lot of different things if you want to experience more stuff. Yeah, and it, go to zenparentingradio.com if you want to learn more about what we do. And if you really want to dive in, go join Team Zen. Yeah. Like, there's so much there now. Jump on board. Yeah, we love you. Don't be a schlep rock. 
I don't even know what a schl- schlep rock is. That's so old. You used to use that a long time ago. Keep trucking, everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are always grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen, pre-ordering Kathy's Zen Parenting book, or subscribing to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com. If you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we will talk to you again next week.